This is a conspiracy channel. Tape 2. Welcome to the Hush Channel. The Book of the Taking of Ireland, also known as the Book of Invasions, is a collection of poems and written narratives in the Irish language intended to serve as the history of Ireland from the time of the creation of the world to the Middle Ages. It tells of Ireland being taken six times by six different groups of people, the Cicere, the Partholon, the Nimhid, the Firbolg, the Tuatha de Danann, and the Malaysians. This book was formed from a combination of information passed along by a few very interesting characters who were perhaps of Anunnaki and human lineages as they were able to live for extended periods of times, a few thousand years. As previously discussed on the prior tape, in the search for Thule, researchers found that the word Thule was identical to the Irish word of Thua, which simply means north. As you see, a variant of in regards to the Gaelic Anunnaki stories of the Tuatha de Danann, the gods of pre-Christian Gaelic Ireland, the gods who are depicted as kings, queens, druids, bards, warriors, heroes, healers, and craftsmen, who were said to leave Ireland by entering the underworld, as in the literal world that exists below the surface that us humans dwell on, with various interests in uninhabited or sparsely populated areas around the world, including that of the North and the South Poles, and including the ancient places that served as grand burial sites, such as the tunnels below the pyramids of Egypt and the ancient burial mounds of Brunaboyne in County Meath, Ireland. Some believe that the mythical land of Thule is actually Ireland itself. It is said that the Tuatha Dé Danann originated from a place that was beyond the borders of the known world, and they ruled Ireland from 1897 to 1700 BC. Upon the Tuatha Dé retreating underground, the Tuatha became known as the Sheed, the fairy people of Irish folklore who are said to live beneath the hills. The people of the fairy mound. This place where the two off the date anon are believed to have came from is what the Greeks have called Hyperborea. It was believed that despite this land being in the coldest part of the world, the center of the world, there in the Arctic, the land itself was a sunny, temperate, and divinely blessed land. In some versions, these Hyperboreans lived north of the Riffian Mountains, which shielded their land from the terrible north winds. The Riffian Mountains were a supposed mountain range located to the far north of Eurasia, said to be extremely cold and covered in infinite snow, serving as the boundary to the known world. These mountains are named after Riffaf of Yafu's lineage by way of his oldest son Gomer as Riffaf is the younger brother of Ashkenaz and the older brother of Tagarma. However, the Hyperboreans and the Riffian mountains which serves as their boundary play a factor in the belief that earth is not shaped exactly how we are told it is shaped. Ancient Greek historian and geographer Herodotus begins to mention Hyperborea in great detail in his work entitled Histories of which was recorded circa 450 BC. It is here where he cites sources from earlier Greek poets and authors Hesiod, Homer, and Aristeus. He tells of Aristeus who wrote the now lost poem Aramispia, which tells of a journey to the Isidonis. These Isidonis were an ancient people of Central Asia at the end of the trade route leading northeast from Scythia. Scythia, the land of which Phineas Farsed, a progenitor of the Gauls, was once the king of. The Isidonis, however, were described as similar yet distinct from the Scythian. Herodotus recites the following in regards to Aristeus' account in Aramispia. This Aristeus, possessed by Phoebus, visited the Isidones. Beyond these, he said, lived the one-eyed Aramasboi, 
beyond whom are the gripes that guard gold, and beyond these again the Hyperboreoi, whose territory reaches to the sea. Except for the Hyperboreoi, all these nations, and first the Aramasboi, are always at war with their neighbors. Regardless, the Isidonis' exact location remains unknown, but in the context of the poem of Aramaspia, the Isidonis were estimated to live in the Kazakh Steep, which is a vast region of open grassland in northern Kazakhstan, with adjacent portions in Russia. Beyond this land of Isidonis refers to north of Kazakhstan, which in modern day, north of Kazakhstan would be Russia and beyond that would assumably be the land of Hyperborea, which is said to be north of Russia and every other northernmost land in the known world. It is said that there beyond the land of the Isidonis lived the Aramispians. The Aramispi were a tribe of one-eyed people who lived in the foothills of the Riffian Mountains, which is sometimes believed to be the Ural Mountains as they run approximately from north to south through western Russia. From the coast of the Arctic Ocean to the river Ural and northwestern Kazakhstan, this mountain range serves as the natural boundary between Europe and Asia. Beyond the land of the one-eyed humanoids of the Riffian mountain foothills were the gripes who guard gold. Gripes are griffins, which are creatures with the body, tail, and back legs of a lion, the head and wings of an eagle, and sometimes an eagle's talons as its front feet. Griffins in legend are known for guarding treasures and priceless possessions. In the words of Roman author, naturalist, and commander Pliny the Elder, griffins were said to lay eggs and burrows on the ground, and these nests contained gold nuggets. Beyond the area where the griffins guarded this gold was the land of Hyperborea. This led Herodotus to believe believing that Hyperborea was somewhere in Northeast Asia. Up until the 1700s, all world maps did actually show a land in the North Pole where this mythical land of Hyperborea was at. These maps show four islands. Each island is divided by a river and have mountains that surround their outermost regions. Outside of these four islands is the Arctic Ocean and the northernmost countries of North America, Asia, and Europe. In the middle of the four islands, surrounded by water, is the World Mountain. These are possibly the four island cities the two Authodatanon were said to have stemmed from, which according to Irish literature are called Murius, Phallius, Gorius, and Fendius. The four northern islands of the world where the two authors were instructed in the magic arts before finally moving in dark clouds or Anunnaki spaceships to Ireland. It is possible this is a legend which originated in Mesopotamia and was retold by each civilization that dispersed from Babylon in accordance to their own people and thus this story is repeated throughout almost every ancient culture in some way, form, and fashion. And thus these gods are depicted in the likeness of whichever ethnic group is recording them. From each island came four magical instruments brought to Ireland by the two Atha. The Stone of Fowl comes from the island of Phallius, said to cry out beneath the king who took sovereignty of Ireland, serving as the coronation stone and supposedly located near the Hill of Tara in County Meath, the same county of which Bruna Boyne is located. The Hill of Tara actually consists of numerous monuments and earthworks dating back to as far as the Neolithic age, 10,500 years before Christ. From the Isle of Gorius comes the spear of Lug. No battle or man has ever won against it. Lug is a member of the Tuatha portrayed as a warrior, a king, a master craftsman, and a savior. He is associated with skill and mastery in multiple disciplines, including that of the arts, oaths, truth, and the law. And therefore, it is his name from which the Gaelic Harvest Festival of Lugnasta stems. From the Isle of Phineas comes the Sword of Light. No one has ever escaped from it once
once it was drawn. It has a glow like that of a bright torch. It is a sword much desired and sought after by many Irish heroes, and the sword keeper must oftentimes be killed in order for the other to dwell it, which is impossible unless certain hidden knowledge is owned. It bears a similar backstory to that of the Excalibur in the legend of King Arthur. From the Isle of Marius comes the cauldron of Dagda, from which no company has ever went away unsatisfied. Dagda is a two-author father figure king and druid associated with fertility, agriculture, manliness, strength, magic, wisdom, life, death, weather, crops, and the seasons. He is often described as a large bearded man or giant wearing a hooded cloak with a magic staff, club, maze, and or a cauldron which never runs empty alongside a magical heart. He is said to dwell in Bruna Boyne. His name means the good god. This is the Irish name for the Mesopotamian entity Enki. There are many references to the land of Hyperborea across the world span. In religion it is often associated with heaven itself and before that there was the Mesopotamian narratives of the Anunnaki where the great Ikur was the name of Enlil's mountain retreat. It is the garden and resting place of the gods with the exception of Enki who dwells in the Abzu in the depths of the water in the waters below the land. The underworld. There is Mount Olympus of which Zeus and the other gods dwelt with the exception of Hades who dwelt in the underworld. Mount Olympus is not in Greece. That is only assumed by the reader. In other mythology, Hyperborea is called Axis Mundi, also called the Cosmic Axis, the World Axis or the World Pillar, the World Mountain, and the center of the world or the World Tree. The mountain of the gods at the center of which the very sun, moon, and stars revolve. East and South Asian belief systems such as that of Hinduism, Jainism, and Buddhism call this place Sumaru or Mount Maru. And according to these belief systems, Mount Maru is the most beautiful place one's eyes can land on. It is adorned with precious crystal and jewels of all colors. It is always nice to take notes on what the Hindus believe because Hinduism is the oldest surviving religion in the world at over 4,000 years old. And Hinduism itself is a religion formed from a plethora of even more ancient beliefs smashed into one. It's beliefs predating the great world flood. A lot of East Asian temples were actually structured with the reverence of Mount Maru in mind, like that of Angkor Wat, once a Hindu temple, now a Buddhist temple. It has five central towers to represent the five peaks of Mount Maru or that of the four world mountains with Mount Maru in the middle of them. It was said that there were four to six major world mountains, mountains where humans could go to speak and meet with their gods, as Moses had done when the Bible says he went to the top of Mount Sinai and disappeared into the clouds when he went to meet God and stayed there for 40 days and nights in order to receive the Ten Commandments. Mount Sinai is one of the four to six major world mountains. According to legend, in the center of these four to six mountains is one more mountain, the most important mountain, and that is Mount Maru, or what is called Hyperborea. This world mountain is referenced in the secrets of Enoch when Enoch is taken by an angel to this world mountain and somewhere in the midst of this mountain is apparently the entrance to the bottomless pit that we today in religion call hell. Here is another reference to hollow earth. Here is another reference that Hyperborea has a yang and yang nature meaning it is indeed a beautiful place adorned with precious jewels where the gods reside but somewhere in the center of all of this is the entrance to hell which lies below it. An entrance to the hollows of the earth as above so below. The thing is while hell may reside within the bottomless pit it is simply one area within it. 
It does appear, however, upon further study and cross-referencing of the older texts predating and or expelled from the Bible, that the other divisions of the hollows are not so grim. Meaning the entirety of the underworld is not hell by a long shot. But rather this other world, this underworld, these hollows, is simply another plane of literal existence of which other beings exist. Just as noted in Gaelic legend, where the Tuatha de Danann retreated to dwell in the underworld. An actual world below the surface, in the depths and below the depths of the bodies of water on Earth, and extending beyond the southern ice wall of the Antarctic, and inside of the northern Arctic wall. NASA has admitted to compositing images of the Earth. If they wanted to lie to us about anything, it would be quite simple. Very simple. After all, how would we know? This is the end of tape 2.